Hello and welcome to the UK Flying Podcast. This podcast is run and produced by Cockrell & Co. Now, if you're not sure what Cockrell & Co do, we run training courses and mentoring for businesses in the flooring industry from £100,000 turnover all the way up to £5 million. We also do retail consultancy and product sourcing and we work with some of the top and leading manufacturers to make sure you get the right price and the right product on time every time. Now sit back, enjoy the show. Don't forget to hit any subscribe buttons, follow buttons on social media and on the platform you're listening to. Enjoy the show, give us feedback and we love that you're taking the time to listen to the show. Welcome Kia to the UK Phone Podcast. First of all, Kia, um, putting glue, flooring, everything like that to one side, who are you? Kia Tweddle, uh, 41 years old. From a small village in between Leeds and Manchester, uh, grew up there and, and lived there all my life. Yeah. Okay. And how did you get into the flooring industry? What, what What did you do when you left school? Uh, well, when I left school um, at sixteen, I went back and resat my GCSEs because right. I was more interested in golf and cricket <laughs> at sixteen <laughs> year old. Um, so yeah, I made the decision to resit them and and then start my life from there almost, um, and then. Lots of different jobs from being um, a fully qualified goldsmith um, through to working in a transport industry. Um, and then my father-in-law approached me with an idea um, of moving into selling oils. Okay. Um, so from oils, that progressed into wood flooring. Um, and then that progressed into the role I have now um, where we formed a partnership with Stouth from Germany. Okay. So for the uninitiated, who who is Stouth? Uh, Stouth uh, are a German um, adhesive manufacturing company and they've been manufacturing since 1828. Um, so great history, still fully owned by the family, by the Stouth family and the family members still work within the business. Um, and, and from being within Germany, they've now spread across the world. Um, one of the brothers um, lives in the USA and has um, a manufacturing plant out there. Um, then within the other countries, um, we have subsidiaries like we have in the UK, um, where they're partnerships, part owned by the manufacturer, part owned by um, the members in 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 the certain countries. Okay. Um, but yeah, they're uh, they're at the forefront of adhesive technology. Really, some of the products that they have um, have been out there. They've always been a leading manufacturer, mainly within Germany because they've always been a homegrown producer yeah um but probably over the last 10 15 years they've started to spread into the rest of the world so they've got a factory in germany yeah. and then they've got one in the usa yeah so, um so well i'll keep on that subject so you've gone from goldsmith transport oil and glue um what's the worst job you've had so far um because <laughs> <laughs> it's quite a mix there so i thought I'd, yeah yeah Probably the worst job was um, working in the transport industry. Um, and, and and now I see it from the other side. But yeah. when something goes wrong or when something can't get there on time um, or, you know, somebody can't unload straight away, you know, it, it was always their fault. Right. So there was never a nice phone call to make. Right. Every phone call you made, you, you never rung somebody to tell them, great, it's been delivered. You always rung them to say, it's going to be late. So, yeah, it was, uh, you felt like a Grim Reaper at times. I love it. Uh, and we're on Halloween today, so that's very <laughs> fitting. Um, so what makes, obviously, 
from my experience of glues and DPMs and everything like that, they all kind of work. Well, 99.9% of them work and they stick stuff to the floor. Yeah. But to you, what's different with Stauff? Why Stauff? Um, and what makes you a little bit different? Hey, it's always difficult because everyone has access to the same raw materials. So they're never going to be massively different. Um, what we tend to do at Stauff is um, we have extremely high standards. Um, so we're always looking for the next level of adhesive, the next thing, how can we improve something? Um, you know, we, we'd rather work on a, it does more than it does, just does the job. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'd say generally our entry products are sometimes compared to other people's mid-level products. Um, again, the German philosophy of it can do this, 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 and this, and it always does more than what it's probably expected to do. Um, we've just released um, a new product range um, called ProForce um, based on doing that a little bit more. So it, the, the, the consumption is 70% less. So you need less adhesive, which then obviously is less raw materials, less packaging. Is that a smaller trowel? Yes. Um, and again, we're just trying to reduce, you know, the effect on the environment at the same time with the less tubs used, the less energy used to make the adhesive, everything, um, everything slightly less. So again, as a company, although we're small compared to some of the other major manufacturers out there, we're always trying to to be at the forefront. And, and try and bring out the next the next interesting product, so to speak. So you do, obviously I know you do glue um, for wood floors because yeah. we've got it in stock here. Um, but what else? Have you got LVT, you know, spreadies? What 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 other glues for the listeners might interest them? Yeah, I mean, we have some full range of um, leveling compounds, um, DPMs, primers. Um, we do have LVT, carpet, vinyl adhesives, um, you know, you, you look across the, uh, the UK market, so the high temp, pressure sensitive, tachyfier, um, and then a full range of wood adhesives. And um, we also do a lot of adhesives, so gym flooring, um, so gym mats. And then we also have air grass adhesives. So we've done a lot of prestigious projects across the world on uh, major training grounds with some, you know, big football clubs. Um, so yeah, on on the external side as well, there's a full range of adhesives for artificial grass. And do you stock everything in the well, or ninety percent of the stuff? What 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 do you stock here in the UK? What can people get their hands on without any special requests? Yeah, I mean, in the UK, um, to explain how we work, we we have um, offices with a small warehouse, um, which we have a, a small range of stock. We then have an external warehouse within our transport company. Yeah, um, where I'd say, you know, you're looking probably at around a thousand pallets running for stock across the different product ranges. Um, so yeah, 90% of what we offer is on stock, but because we have that many containers and, and, and wagons coming in from Germany, if we don't have something on stock, we can generally get it quite quick anyway. So Okay. And again, we the listeners are shop owners, distributors, um, man and van, everyone listens. So someone wanting... A tub of glue or pallet of glue. Who's your ideal customer and why? How how do you distribute it? Like, I mean, we, we've always had the philosophy that because we're quite a small team, we we we'd like to work through distribution, um, but we like to work with distributors that want to work with us. So it's a partnership. You know, one's not giving, one's not taking. Um, 
And it's the same with if contractors come on, if we can, we will do everything we can to work with a local distributor. You know, if it's sitting down, having a coffee, having a conversation, we're not going to make the same margins, you know, but if it works for us all, then, you know, why, why cut somebody out when, you know, at the end of the day, we want to be working with that distributor for years to come. Yeah. Um, one example was we did the um, Older Hair Children's Hospital. We supplied the adhesive um, to the installation there, but that was done via um, a distributor working with a contractor. Yeah. Um, so again, huge volumes, but we still managed to help the distributor out and, and it worked for everybody. So there's always times when it can be done that way, um, but ideally 99% of the time we, we try and push people through through distribution. Okay. Um, and what uh, what glue, because uh, some manufacturers are more on the LBT side, some on the wood, What what's your split? Like on, let's say, LBT, carpet, and wood, what do you sell the most of, and why do you think that is? Yeah, the, the history of Stouff as a company has always been wood adhesives. Um, you know, it's th- that's where... The, the ground has come from that's the history of the company um and, and only probably within the last 25 years of their real uh, the, as a manufacturer we really pushed lbt carpet in the uk our sales will be probably 90 to 10 percent split okay on right. wood um so yeah we are predominantly wood and that would be a, 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 a split from our most premium product which is spu 570 which is guaranteed with um, the denison range yeah. So down to air, entry level um, MS polymers, yeah. which you know work on all engineered floors. So how many stages of wood glue have you got? Like the as in like that's that goes on the floor, not the PVA stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, in total stocked in the UK, we'd have six. Right. Um, but within the whole range, we'd probably be looking around ten to twelve. Mm. Yeah. Um, have you got matching DPMs? Yes. Um, rapid epoxy. What? It's uh, yeah. We, we can't make this that sexy, but it's. I'm always interested to know what you know. People want to know how fast they dry. What? Yeah. So what have we got on the DPM that will marry up? I think that's it. That was the same as at, um, at Harrogate. It was how do we make our product sexy? No, nobody sees them, so it's kind of really hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we've got uh, the standard PU. Um, Two core DPM, forty-five minute, an hour. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we've got the um, epoxy, which can be applied in one core with um, a different trowel, um, or can be applied in two coats. Which, when air technical guys, that always prefer two coats. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we know people like to do it in one. Um, and again, that's not as fast drying, but again, it's it's a great product. And when you're working to a certain scale, it dries quick enough. So yeah. So you can go from DPM to your screeds to your glue, so yeah. you get your full full package, full warranty. Yeah, we can offer. Um, we've got guys out on the road that can come and write a spec. Um, you know, we can we can offer the full guarantee when um, it's a full range of products. You know, we know on certain projects we're never gonna. Somebody wants a different um, compound. Um, you know, as long as it's a branded compound that we know of. You know, our technical guys can always say, yeah, we're happy to offer a guarantee when our products are used with that levelling compound because they know it. Um, so, you know, we'll never close the door on it if it just is a full stove system. But yeah. in the ideal world, it's always nice to have that. Yeah, no. And in in your, how long have you been in the flooring industry now? Um, be around 15 years now. 
So what do you think is the biggest challenge we all face working in the flooring industry? Um, or what, what's the biggest challenge you face? Uh, <laughs> rather than we? Yeah, I think every time the biggest challenge is that, you know, somebody's willingness to change. Um, it might not sound right, but sometimes it's easier to work with younger people than it is with older people that have turned around and said, well, I've always done it that way. And times move on, products move on. Um, you know, as much as we don't want to sell solvent adhesive, we still sell quite a bit of solvent adhesive to people that have always used it. And that's their answer um, to the point where because of the shipping, because of all the hazards that come with it, the price of solvent adhesives have now surpassed your MS polymers, but people still want to use solvent adhesive. So the, the rigid, rigid yeah. air for your bitumen block. Yeah. So then it's like that hard conversation, you know, trying to persuade somebody that this is a better product, not only for you, for your customer, you know, it's all in all, it's a better suited product. But yeah. when somebody's not used it and they've always used one product, it's, uh, and that goes the same with, if it's not a safe product, well, we've always used this product and, and you know, there's nothing, we love nothing more than brand loyalty, but it's always a hard conversation when somebody's not willing to try the product. I completely agree. My short stint of selling into um, trade and wholesale, when it was adhesives, lacquers, things like that, it's, um, more, as I said, most of them work. I've, 99, I've yeah. only found one glue that didn't work and I've tried most of them. And it's a very difficult conversation when they're all about the same price. You've known and trusted something, so like you've always got this risk factor. You fit you, you putting your name on the block to this other manufacturer, and it, and it might go wrong. But yeah. yeah, and yeah, you might save a couple of quid here and a couple of quid there. But then if one job goes wrong, you've lost all that margin. So I would agree that you certainly got your work cut out because you know it's um, the client. Exp I'm a massive one on client experience, and yes, you can do that via custom service. But if you've got three tubs of glue. It's like which one's the sexiest? It's yeah. like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like it's a it's a difficult sale. It, yeah. It's a, it's an achievable sale, but it's difficult. You know, if you were selling steak dinners, it's a lot easier. Yeah, you know. So it's, uh, um, and over the time um, you've been in business, what would you say the best bit of advice um, you've received is? Um, probably not business related, um, but in a in a which then did become business related. Um, but it was um, through um, a PT and it was just consistency is key. Yeah. Um, and then when you start to look at the results you get personally yeah. um, in changes in your body and your mind through being consistent in training and eating, and then you start to think, well, actually, these are the same consistency that you can bring into a business. Yeah. Um, so it's just almost that eat, sleep, repeat pattern where, you know, you do it long enough it just becomes a habit yeah oh, i love that um we'll talk a bit more about that um obviously we follow each other on social media and um, you've done competitions um and things like that that require a significant consistency from my understanding i've got no experience so talk me a bit about that and why 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 that's fully with you and then we can maybe see how you implemented that into stealth um talk to me about the cut you what 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 were the competitions you've done and why did you do yeah um well, probably be around eight years ago now. Um, I'd probably lost all interest in training, all interest in playing football, cycling, all the sports, um, and was probably trying to find happiness through food and drink. 
Um, you know, not saying no to any corporate event or anything. And um, what I thought was fun really wasn't fun. Yeah. Um, and ballooned to around 120 kg. Right. Um, and then I was uh, studying the local rugby club um, with Pat Guinness in my hand. <laughs> Oh, and I won some PTs on a raffle. And I was like, oh, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Last thing I won, uh, come January, and went and signed up. Um, and after two or three sessions, um, it went from being once a week to three times a week, um, then to five times a week, um, to just really, really enjoying it. Um, then from the training came um, the nutrition, um, working with um, another coach, um, I still work with now, and he he does um, bodybuilding shows. And he once said, really tongue in cheek, you know, you'd be really good at this. And I we lacked it off. And then one day he said, no, I think you should have one go coming up to you just before your fortieth birthday. Why don't you see have a go? Um, so yeah, we we entered two shows over two weekends, um, and I think by the end of it, it probably through the dieting to to try and get as lean as possible and hold as much muscle from where I started it was probably about a 55 kg loss right. um how how long was that from the minute you decided to sign up to the to the show how long was that journey that was around 5 years right plenty hell right yeah. okay and so 5 years of training then you did the then then uh, yeah well, we uh one of the most nerve-wracking things ever when you stood next to guys at giants and um, yeah, it, 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 it was nerve wracking, but then one of the, the best experiences, I think I always look back now and think, right, if I can walk out on stage in front of a full, um, a full auditorium, a, you know, crazy, crazy, um, audience and hit my pauses, then really I shouldn't be scared of doing anything. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it was, it was a, an unbelievable experience. And would you do it again? At the time, I said no, and uh, <laughs> due to due to going on um, holiday uh, during my training period and actually walking into restaurants with my own food, yeah. asking them to warm it, my wife would say no. But yeah, so is that is that is it literally everything that what? How long's the let's say the training camp of like controlled food? If that makes it, how long does that twelve weeks? Be? Twelve weeks. It's it, you. You always build. It was controlled eating building up to it. Yeah. Um, and then the 12 weeks at the end literally was the same foods. Again, eat, sleep, repeat. Um, and then they slowly reduced. But because it was the same food, just reducing, wow. you didn't really feel it as the same as swapping a food out almost. Yeah. And towards the end where you're then reducing your water, um, you know, it's I, I love coffee, you know, one espresso a day, and it was like murder to me. Wow. Um, yeah, to, to really then stepping on stage. And and that's, the coffee can make that much of a difference, just like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was um, towards the end when you, you're really trying to dry yourself out to show the definition. Um, the coffee then dehydrates you, which then there's any little bit of water that you put in, it just holds on to. Yeah. Um, so yeah, whereas you're trying to flush as much water for you as possible to stay empty, uh, yeah, there's certain things that you wow. stay away from. And how do you think that experience impacted your business? Um, uh, apart from being hungry and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and losing some personal time, but like as in performance-wise, because um, I'm big advocate this of like 
your human performance is as important as your skill set. So if you're outfitting or running your shop or running, you know, distribution business, if you're not looking after yourself, you're only performing at a certain level. Yeah. So how do you think from the rugby days to even now it's different? And what would you advise someone else that's like maybe struggling a little bit? I think I, I the one thing I, I really like, I've never really thought I'd like it, but it's the routine. It's the knowing what's next. So everybody in every job that they do will have roles or, 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 or jobs that they need to do that they don't enjoy. And you always put it to the back of the list, slide it to one side. I'll do it next week. I'll do it next week. You know, we all have them. And it's just the same with the routine of the gym, knowing that you train at this time, you, you, you're eating this, this is how much water you're drinking during the day. And it's almost just saying, right, every Monday at 10 o'clock, I do that job. Yeah. I don't like it, but I have to do it. And it's just setting out the, you know, you're planning your days to the point where you will do everything you need to do in that day, whether you like it or not. Things may happen, things may change, but you still get everything that you need to do done in that day. And it's it's almost like, oh, you know, the team that we work with are sometimes similar to your team at home. So... If I go out cycling, the first thing my boy says, "Our dad, can we go out on the bike?" Yeah. And you know, when all of a sudden, I, you know, you, I, I was eating out of a Tupperware, and they wanted to eat out of a Tupperware, <laughs> and it's like the little things where the habits just pick up. We live a healthier lifestyle; they want to live a healthier lifestyle, and by by changing things within the business, where you're consistently doing things, other people pick up, and then all of a sudden, without saying too much, people start to do the same. Yeah, you're mirroring the people. Well, I think that's the old rule of you, 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 the combination of the people, the five people you hang around yeah. with, um, and it is 100% true. Yeah. You know, um, you, if you lead, not leading by example in business or at home, it can, you know, it's, and it's it's difficult. Um, yeah, ice baths and yeah. cycling and all that type of stuff. Yeah, the kids, my my kids do do it, but then avoid it. But but they can see you're doing it, and it's yeah. really amazing to watch watch that. But again. I think it all comes down to doing what you said you would and um, yeah. And if you're not gonna do it, just say I'm not gonna do it. You know, it rather than like I said I'm gonna do it and I haven't done it. And then you know, if you've got a team, that can be savage, you know, especially out on site or, or whatever. So no brilliant. Um and what's the worst bit of advice you've ever received in business or personally? Is this is this something that sticks in your mind that you would love to tell someone that's not there? Apart from don't drink at the rugby club. Yeah. <laughs> The worst, uh, probably the worst would be um, say yes to everything and then find a solution afterwards because the amount of times that you do it and you can't find the solution and sometimes you only get one chance with somebody and if I go to somebody and ask them to do something and, and if they can, there's so much more respect there when they just say, no, I can't do it. Yeah, And you just think, all right, well, thanks. And nine times out of ten, they might say, but I know somebody that can. Yeah. And we might do the same. We might say, you know what, we can do that. But if you use this product from somebody else, you know, you gain that little bit more respect from that person than saying yes, giving them something that doesn't work. And then you're chasing around trying to solve a problem which should never have happened. Yeah, that, well, that was on one of my list for my 40 things was say, more than you, say no more than you say yes. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. So we, contractors we've had in the training centre here, They've took that away. They've actually implemented and been serious with it. 
blown my mind. You know, they've been yeah. giving discounts and giving, yeah, giving discounts is probably the biggest thing for years. Just saying, yes, I'll do it for a hundred quid less. They've just brought knowing, then actually won more work. And it's like, well, I could, they were trying to say yes to win more work and say no, and they get even more. Yeah. Blown people's minds. So, no, it's the same. Oh, we, we say this when uh, sale guys come onto head office and say, oh, the customers ask for a special price on this. And, but then the next time they order, they'll always say, well, you did that price last time. Why can't you do it again? And it's always so easier to reduce your prices. So it's so much harder to put them back up. So, Again, consistency with pricing is the same. Keep it consistent and you know it's for everybody. Oh, I love that. Um, and how would you, I mean, probably back to that biggest challenge you've got, how do you think stealth um, stands out? Because it's such a difficult job, irrelevant if it's amazing or it isn't. Um, how, what is your um, USP, do you think, on, on the stealth glue in comparison to bigger people, smaller people? We'd always say it's we we don't have the biggest marketing team, um, we don't have the biggest market presence. Um, so again, it's will in, in my ideal world, there's no better feedback than giving somebody a sample and saying, try the product. Um, you know, we love the even if you try it and tell us you hate it, we'll have another product which will suit what you're doing. Just honest feedback. So that's it. We'd we'd always say that, you know, the proof is in the pudding. Yeah. Try the products. And you know, nine times out of ten, people will stick with them. So, okay. And the the new product you're bringing out, how small is the trowel, and how much, let's say, stronger it is? Is it you know what's uh, like, yeah, that's interesting. It's, it's, it's a it's a great product. Um, so you you kind of look in, whereas generally, you know, rules from you'd say a kilo or square meter, um, with your standard products, you're looking at around 300, 350 gram square meter right so almost towards your lbt kind of levels um on what yeah. size wood like solid into what what yeah. can you stick on engineered uh solids um wide solids long solids and the way it works like it's whereas there's all in, in the majority of adhesives is different fillers and 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 different things this is just pure 100 percent adhesive um with a few different formulation tweaks and different things. And w when you feel the strength, you know, we, we did some um, training where we applied it on day one, and then you come back on day two with a crowbar and try and rip it up, and you're pulling the subfloor up with with the wood. Nice. So, well, it's really interesting. And that's just for wood? Yes, those are just for wood at the moment. Right. Okay. And that's available now? Yes, yeah, available. Um, yeah, if... Uh, Anyone wants to give it a try, you know, give us a shout and um, more than welcome to send some samples out. And again, I don't want to go into the exact cost per unit, but is it a lot more or is it the same price as your, your standard-ish MS? Or is it what, it's, it's slightly more than your standard MS. It, it's, it, it's the old supermarket because it's a smaller tub and paying more than the bigger tub. But when you break down the cost per square metre, it's only slightly more. Okay. Um, what size tub is it? Because you're the ones that are there, 13. Okay. We have a 13s and eight uh, standards, generally 18. And we do have a 13. Um, this comes in um, a 14. Okay. Right, so it's not, yeah, yeah, not so massively different, but yeah. Okay. And what flooring have you got fitted at home? And why did you choose that? <laughs> um... <laughs> and is it stuck down with stealth glue? It is, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, oh, I have absolutely um, 
zero choice what flooring we have at home. It's all my wife's choice. Um, but we have um, a one floor LBT in the downstairs kitchen diner. Yeah. Um, and then carpets. I can't tell you what the carpet is. Sort of a local carpet. A fluffy one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A soft one, a warm one. Um, and then I think probably my only choice, which goes against everything that I do because we don't do um, tile adhesives, is a wood effect tile in the bath- in the downstairs bathroom. Okay. I got to pick. Right. Um, but yeah, that's the only thing not stuck with staves. So that's not. And that's my favourite. Oh, love it. And if you could start your business again today, what would you do differently? We're going to get harder, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I think we made, um, during COVID, we made um, a move from um, a huge warehouse that we had um, to try and reduce the number of staff working during COVID and and. and all the problems that obviously COVID brought. We put our stock into an external warehouse who were allowed to continue to work um, at full capacity because they also distributed food. Yeah. Um, and I think if we could go right back to the outset, we wouldn't have the outlay of the big, you know, huge warehouse with all the stock. We'd go straight into external warehouse with the small offices like we have now um, because there's less pressure on all the staff. The, you know, when containers turn up at six, seven o'clock on a Friday evening, asking somebody to stay behind or unload it or you stay behind, whereas those those guys are 24 hours, so doesn't make any no pressure on them at all. Yeah. Love that. Um, if I gave you a £1,000 now, um, it's 11 o'clock, um, you've got to spend it by five o'clock tonight, what would you spend it on? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's all going to be uh, gone. Uh, I'd probably go and buy a lot of Paris tra- trainers. Uh, yeah, yeah. Do you like your trainers? Yeah. yeah, I put yeah. What's your favourite pair of trainers? Um, probably a pair of Noble, right. um, like a, a CrossFit shoe. But these are like um, a black and grey camo. Not everyone's taste, but oh. yeah, I quite like them. And they're so comfy and nice to train in. So it was. Um, I, I don't know if they're one of your clients or not, but I was speaking to uh, Rick from Havwood's Accessories, and there was a picture of him on um, Instagram, and I'm like, "What are those trainers, Rick?" And and I'm a bit of a trainer fan myself as well. I've got diff- not really a, a favourite, but then he sends me this video of his um, walking wardrobe type of thing. It's nothing glamorous, but there's like brand new boxes of Nike Air Max all the way. He's got like a full collection of Nike. Air. Then he sent me the link to the reseller that sells them in the UK. I blew my mind. So every t- every time on my Instagram feed now I see all these Nike Air Max yeah. that are like. I think they've like been worn once, but the oh, like I've, I've yeah, I'm, I'm with you with that. Um, po- possibly, uh, well, I'm not ready. For, well, no, I would. I think if I had some money to spend, it wouldn't be a thousand quid, but it's on the Christmas list for some new Nike Air Max that are a bit jazzy. Yeah, but yeah. So anyone listening, look at Rick's uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> shoe choice. He, he's got a strong trainer game. I, I love it. Um, if you could employ anyone to join the Stauf team, anyone at all, who would it be? <laughs> um, Dwayne Johnson. Oh, yeah. I love it. Yeah, yeah, he'd be a salesman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and he's he just looks dedicated. His drive. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think he'd be great to work with. Yeah, I think he'd get your social numbers up. He'd sell more glue. I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Bye for Biafra. <laughs> you could train with it, Pierre. You could yeah. say. Love that. And what, right now, what is the least favourite part of your job? Probably that dreaded part when it gets to to the point when somebody's terms have gone that far that you have to give them that phone call that you just don't want to. Because generally, I always think that, you know, yeah, the world has moved on and people do things on email, but we, we like to be we, we people people and yeah. stuff. You know, we like, to, we like to know our customers. We like to go and sit with them. So generally, you know the person. So it's that having to have that conversation to chase money with somebody that you you know you feel like you know quite well um you know nobody enjoys doing it and mm. it's never fun i think it's a back we always look at this when problems in the business problems in it, it's normally a conflict of values and obviously if you're a big advocate of do what you said you would and you give someone a credit account they're not doing what they said they would yeah, yeah. and it's literally a conflict of values um and i always find again um if you've got a problem ask for help you know and that can be if you owe a supplier some money, put your hand in the air and say, I've made a cog up. Um, you will get paid. But you know, rather than you having to make a phone call, because yeah. it means so much more, someone ringing to say, I've got a problem, but I'm going to solve it, than you having to ring them and then they feel embarrassed and then they get even get a bit get a bit arsy with you and you're yeah. like, well, hang on. You know, yeah. I'm the one that's giving you the you know, the the goods. But yeah, so I think a big thing on values, because when there's a conflict, you can see it straight away, even with, team members or anything so and that's it it's, it's that they know you've sent the statements you know the accountants chased some you know everyone's had the, and, and it's that last part of call but you're like even if they just send it you don't have to speak to us just send an email with a little explanation apologize you know you don't even have to apologize just say you know i aim to pay it on this date you know and that's it and then put, and then put it to one side and say to you that time as long as it comes in Everyone's happy. That's it. Do, and they're back to do what you said. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It's going to be two weeks late, but I'll definitely pay it. Yeah. You know? And then, you know, yes, things change. We'll get back on the phone. No. Love that one. And let's have a look. If you, well, you've done quite a few different things and diverse things, but if you had to change and hang hang your, your cord up in the floor industry, you know, what do you think you would do and why as a new profession? Um, oh, I'd open a gym. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. And I think this would be a good one for other people. Um, how do you start your day and get the most out of your day? I think this would be a really interesting one. What yeah. does a morning routine and what does a weekend routine look for you now in normal mode? Yeah, well, <laughs> Monday to Friday um, is generally um, up just after five-ish, um, straight to the gym. Um, generally do an hour's training, strength on a Monday, Wednesday and Friday, and then fitness on a Tuesday and Thursday. Um, back home, shower changed, and then off to the office. Yeah. Um, but yeah, even to the point where when we were at the exhibition, I preferred to drive home yeah. so I could train in the morning and then come back to the exhibition. Yeah. Um, yeah, again, probably going back to routine. It's just, I like it. it what work, It's what works for me, so... Have you, have you tried the ice bath? Yeah, yeah, we have an ice bath at home. Yeah. How often do you, do you venture into that? Um, more in the summer. There's no winter. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's cold. I, I do like it. It's, it's a great, it's, um, it's a leveler. Yeah. It's, you know, you, you, you can be in the best mood in the world after training and on a high and it brings you back down or you can be in the worst mood in the world and it brings you back up a little bit. It's, yeah. it's an, uh, for something so simple, 
it's yeah. it's like yeah it's it's i always find it's hard to explain when somebody says like what does it do you're like well i don't really know but it's a bucket of cold water yeah that's it that's how simple it is it's, yeah. it's like you, you think well it probably shouldn't work but you just feel more awake and ready and it kind of just sets you up nicely I think it, I've got a love-hate relationship with it. Like, I, I did a 5K run the other day, straight in, best thing ever. Like, couldn't recommend it to anyone else. Straight in, quick shower, straight in the ice bath, unbelievable, like, yeah. full boost. But then another one where I was doing a bit of a challenge and doing it every day, sitting, having me dinner, and then thinking, oh, I didn't go in this morning, I'm going to have to go in now. And then it's dropping to, like, sort of nine degrees. It's, it's like, it's painful. It actually hurts. Yeah. And you're like, why am I sat in a cold bucket of water? So you get the reverse effect where you're like, I don't want to be in this. Yeah. But then on other occasions, even if you're not being for a run, it's like you get this massive boost, but there's definitely more boosts than there is. This is painful. Yeah. And I think that's the difference between probably doing it uh, intentionally rather than doing it as a challenge and just going in every day for the sake of it, which is yeah. what I did. But now I use it um, to change your state, change your mood. I think it's, it's massively helpful for that so i think that's it yeah. like with the training and you, you you go back to the the jobs that you hate doing by doing it in the morning whatever happens during the day you don't you know that you're done you know whether you you your kids football you know you've got to drive here they take them swimming or anything there's so many things that can happen where you think well oh, i can't train today oh, i've got you know oh, by the time i get home it's going to be nine o'clock nobody wants to do anything after that time no whereas you get up in the morning you do it first thing it's done for the day no matter what happens during that day then you know you've done that and it's it's weird because i'm 100 with you I, I train in the morning has to get out of the way because after four o'clock it's not happening if, it, if i do go train after four o'clock i'd put about 40 percent effort in and i just don't really want to be there but in the morning i want to be there but mrs c only will train in the evening yeah. and she'll just like yes yeah, she still gets out of bed and has a coffee she won't train in the morning, full stop, end of conversation. I mean, I know I have to go as well, but she gets her boost after. And it's yeah. so that's why I always say to people, it's not one shoe fits all. It might, you might work better, but people out on the tools and got more strenuous jobs, probably doing it beforehand will be better because you are going to be even more tired. But yeah, uh, but yeah I'm with you. Train in the morning, full stop, it's done, set up, get to work. So. Yeah. Um, if you can have a pint or, of Guinness uh, with three people, uh, dead or alive, who would the be and why? We 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 all we well we sometimes play this um, when we're cycling up a hill just to try and switch <laughs> off a little bit, and it changes all the time. Um, and then when we're on holiday, I asked my sons the same question, and mm. both came up with the the same name first. So probably a little bit cheesy, but I'd probably go all those two, and then Lionel Messi, and then just sit back and watch them talk his ears off oh i like yeah. that lovely we'll go with the the hardest the hardest question of them all um kia what's holding you back <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, love this one. Oh, communication 100 percent. and is that from you or is that from your team or your customers me. yeah yeah and i know i am the worst at communicating at times yeah i can go very quiet and uh yeah, just in, in, in my whole life, I can hold things in. And uh, I think I've got a lot, lot better. Yeah. But still, even now, I think sometimes, you know, yeah, just speak. Yeah. I think that's a re really valid point. Again, I, I went to the CP assessments um, 
and his man club thing and the whole point of that. Yeah. I've not been to a meeting, but anyone that's struggling is 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 going to talk. And I was speaking to the lads there, and the worst bit of actually, like, let's say, getting help is the drive from wherever you're coming from to the meeting. Yeah. Not the actual meeting. They the love the meeting. The meeting's great. But actually yeah. driving, actually getting your butt out of the car is the hardest thing um, to communicate. Yeah. So, yeah, I love that. That was exactly the same public speaking fear um, and all types of stuff like that where I just wouldn't, no team meetings, I wouldn't hold a team meeting if you if you paid me. Uh, and now it's weekly, I still just speak on a stage. Still don't like it, but I found ways around it. So it's, what happened? how have you found ways around it? Uh, yeah, well, one of my friends did, um, with Andy's Man Club, he did um, sessions in the gym. Right. Where, so it was... Coincided with look, come along, train, but talk to each other while you trained, um, and and that that worked really well. The guys really loved it. And again, I I think sometimes rather than going for a run on your own, or you know, you train with your friends, go for a cycle with your friends, they're the people that are the easiest guys to talk to. And and generally, most of the time, you, you, you what you say, people are going through the same things. So you know, just just open up, have a chat, and uh, it it does become a lot easier. Well, I think that's a, a great point. Lots of people join a gym um, and walk around a big commercial gym and they sit on the phone yeah. for us at half the time. Only the committed will actually train like hell yeah. on their own. It takes quite a lot of, quite an individual to do that, but the group training type of thing, again, you, you've got a bit of communication. You know, you've got people on the same level as you. You can chat about, I mean, I was talking about electric cars this morning yeah, at the yeah. gym, you know, it's like, and we were training, you know, you know, back, and it was like we were yeah. talking about electric cars for the whole. <laughs> and again, you talk because it goes quicker. Yeah, <laughs> the you, the pen just seems to. Yeah, that's you it. do. You know, so why do things that are, you don't like? You know, that's why I yeah. just sit on the phones in the gym. So no, I love that. Um, where can people find you and your team? What would it be? Want to try the glue? Um, find out more. What's the best way to reach out to you guys? Um, probably the best way is um, drop us an email. Um, info at stout dot co dot uk um or you can find myself and the rest of the team on linkedin um and then predominantly we'd we'd rather sell up we'll pick up the phone we'll have a chat with you we'll come and see you um you know it's the best way of communicating Let, let's sit together and, and and have a chat and um you know you tell us what you're looking for and, and we'll tell you what we can offer come right brilliant thank you very much kia great podcast thank you for coming on up oh, thank you cheers like to find out more information about what we do you can visit our website at cockerelandco.co.uk that's cockerelandco.co.uk we also have an instagram account which is cockerelandco and also we are on facebook once again don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and we look forward to seeing you here again soon